Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Push-Pull Podcast, Stories of Human Migration. I'm David Arnsparger, AP World History teacher at James Clemens High School in Madison, Alabama. Today, our guest is Sophia Stoll, my favorite student. <laughs> Sophia is going to tell us about one of her ancestors and how the family moved over. But Sophia, before we get started, just briefly tell us about yourself. How long have you been in our school system and how long have you lived here in North Alabama? Um, hi, I've been in Madison for a very long time. Um, we moved here in about 2011 from Virginia. My dad was in the Army. I was born in Enterprise, but we only lived there for about six months and then moved to Virginia. And then when he retired from the Army, we came to Madison. So I've been in the school system since pre-K. Yeah, I mean, I think you have a pretty uh, similar uh, family movement pattern that a lot of people do, move for uh, jobs, move for work, yes. and things like that. Um, so, th- so that's wonderful. Uh, tell us a story about your uh, ancestor. I'll let you go, r- go ahead and get right into uh, talking about it. Okay. So my, I believe, eighth great-grandfather, um, Hans Landis, he lived in Rhine, Switzerland in the early 1600s, and he was a Mennonite. And he preached, um, not unclear about the church, but what did you say the church was called? Anabaptists. Probably. I mean the church that he, in Switzerland, he probably Oh, no, at. there was a church in, there still is a church in Zurich called the Grossmünster. He likely preached there. Um, and he was ordered by the Reformed Catholics to stop preaching his beliefs, and he refused. And so he was taken to Solothurn, originally, in captive, where um, he was then, he, he escaped with aid, but then was recaptured and sent to Zurich, where he was beheaded with a sword on September 30th, 1614. And after that, the Landis family moved to Germany to escape the prosecution, but they weren't treated much better there, and so they moved with William Penn to Pennsylvania in 1683, and my family has been there since. Okay, wow, there's a lot of things to unpack <laughs> here. So, um we, uh, we know there's reasons for him so uh, leaving, so uh, the push effects would obviously be his, the family yes. trying to avoid dying, dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. from the Catholics. Um, and so this is, this is a part of history where we talk about uh, large groups of Mennonites and Amish, sometimes called Anabaptists, moving to America uh, for obviously opportunity. And tell us more Tell us what you remember also about the uh, about Penn and what he was how he was trying to get people. Well, William Penn, um, he sort of established well Pennsylvania, obviously in America, where he promised like minority religious groups that they could be free there and they wouldn't you know be killed. And so um, after he established that state, a lot of people who were from minority religious groups moved there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an- another uh, interesting part of that was a lot of these people that came into Pennsylvania were uh, kind of of German background. Like, yes, there was typical. no real country of Germany. There was obviously Switzerland, but they were Germanic. They mm-hmm. spoke German, and um, and as as I'm, I'm sure you know, there's still uh, Anabaptist communities in and around Lancaster, Pennsylvania, of course, yeah. the Amish, and, and there's Mennonites. And, and there's they've these people have moved all over the country, too. Uh, Mennonites and Amish have a very interesting way of spreading around um, a whole different story. Um, but what was, tell me what you know or what can you tell us about like the context of why the whole family uh, came over? Um, I believe at the time it was the Catholics who were mainly in power in Europe. And so it was just a big conflict of interest if you were not a Catholic. And so all across Europe, I um, presume, 
a lot of people decided they needed to leave because if they wanted to practice their beliefs, they had to. Yeah, and, and this is a very interesting area here, Switzerland, all the way down the Rhine River throughout the what we call the Palatinate in Germany. Um, you had some areas were Catholic, some were Protestant, but strangely enough, uh, people like Han Landis, if they were preaching something that the Catholics and the Protestants both disagreed with, um, they would be considered a heretic, both yes. by the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. And a lot of these Anabaptists were considered heretics, and they had to run for, for their life. Um, and and what was the date on there again? Of his, ex- of his execution. Of, yeah, of his execution. Um, Six, 1614. 1614. Yes. Uh, yeah, so gosh, this persecution of Anabaptists went on for over 100 years in this time period. Um, so uh, that's kind of what happened there. What, uh, what, uh, what do you know about, uh, did the people stay around there? Uh, in um, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yes, after that, my family still lives there. Um, so, ooh. Hold on just a second. We have an announcement. Yeah, excuse me. Okay, go ahead. The Landis family um, remained until about 1870 when they married into the Stoles, which is what I am. Okay. And they've stayed there ever since. My current family lives around um, near, it's Jeanette, a very small, like, five-mile town that my family still lives in. Yeah. Are the, do they still follow Mennonite traditions? Um, no, I think they've broken off more. My father was raised um, Presbyterian, I think. Okay, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. they did not exactly keep it. Yeah. Up. So this is another this is another thing that happens when people come to our country for for religious purposes. A lot of times, uh, their religion changes a, a little bit over the generations. You know, um, you come to America, you're, you're kind of all gung ho for your religious separation, and by the time it gets to your grandkids, they just um, they want to kind of follow what we might consider mainstream kind of Protestant uh, type things. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, we've seen, you know, movement in our country where people start moving west and the people move before the preachers. So a lot of times people uh, have a difficult time uh, kind of keeping up with their religion there. What else? Um, I mean, throughout the 16 and 1700s, there was a lot of, there was just a huge gap in my family where, like, a lot of people just weren't recorded. And I believe it ha- does have something to do with their religion, likely, because they probably, I believe that was around the time that they switched out of um, the Mennonite religion. And so, likely, a lot of their records were not kept because of their removal from the church at the time. Yeah, so you sort of hit on, on something that's interesting for people who study family history, too. That's the concept of church records. Mm-hmm. So uh, churches kept records before governments did. Um, so there are people who do study genealogy and go back to that area in Pennsylvania, Lancaster County and York County. Um, they go to the old, there's a few old churches. There are a few old Lutheran churches there that yes. still have a lot of uh, documentation. In fact, a lot of them, Mennonites and Amish turned into Lutherans over the years. Um so, uh, so you can you can find that. Yeah, along with that documentation, I actually have a document that my dad is really into the ancestry stuff, and he found this huge document um, for the Landis family that I believe was done through the church that leads all the way up until I think about mid eighteen hundreds. That is just all documented through the church, which is I think really interesting. Yeah. Although it's hard to read because it was translated from German, and so a lot of things are like shuffled around and names as well because they changed over time. So. But it's a cool uh, document. Yeah, it, you're right. Uh, different language translation names are spelled differently, pronounced differently, um, and and it all, that's all part of the interesting part of you know studying your family history. 
think you had a wonderful story right here, Sophia. Uh, I think it's a very American story. We've we've gotten a lot of good stories on on, on our podcast episodes. This is a very this is a very American thing. A group of people come from an area in Europe that were persecuted for their religious beliefs, uh, obviously pushed out for that, um, and you know to avoid death and so forth, and and given opportunity in in a new world, given an opportunity in America. And this is obviously over a hundred years before we were actually a country, uh, and people started moving to Pennsylvania from Germany. There were that, that's why there are so many people in our country with uh, German backgrounds and of German descent. Um, a completely American um, thing, coming to America for religious purposes, wanting opportunity, starting families, starting whole communities, and uh, and developing those and, and spreading from there. It happened all the way back in the 1820s and 1830s. It happened in the early 1700s. And it, these kind of things that still go on today, and are, they make wonderful stories of human migration. So anything else you want to tell um, us? That's about it. Yeah. All right. Um, great job. Thank you very much for being here. We really appreciate it for Thank being you. on the podcast. Yeah.